Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Matthew Fox from the Ethical Panda family of podcasts. And I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And today we're talking about Minute 84, which begins with Sif making a grand entrance and ends with Volstagg not looking so good. I was going to say not looking so hot, but he's literally on fire, so not so good will work. <laughs> um, joining us on the show today, we have Robin Burge from the Karate Kid Minute uh, and Travis Bow from Real Comic Heroes, Marvel Events Timeline, and the Watchmen Minute. Uh, to both of you, happy Thor's Day. It's Thursday. It's Thor's Day. Uh, so I, I would asking everyone every week. What is your favorite Thor moment? This can be from um, MCU, comic books, adventures in babysitting, <laughs> a video game, a back of a cereal box, whatever it is. Um, I would tell you, but it's a Thor subject. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well played, sir. Yeah. Well played. Thanks. Uh, I know mine, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat because it's kind of a it's really kind of a Captain America moment, but. Uh, it's in Endgame when Captain America lifts Mjolnir, um, mm-hmm. but it is—it really is a, a Thor moment, and because it, it calls back to the Age of Ultron in that awesome sequence um, where they're all, you know, just just having fun testing out their worthiness, trying to lift lift Thor's hammer, you know. Yeah, and. Initially, in that moment in Age of Ultron, Thor looks nervous. Like he can see that it wiggles when Cap, you know, uh, goes to lift it, and he he has that nervous moment. And you cut to Endgame, and he he sees that his friend is worthy, and he says, "I knew it." With that pride, and it just just thinking about it, it gives me chills. I love that moment so much. Yeah. And just just the the smile on on Thor's face when when he sees that Captain America is able to to wield, you know, Mjolnir. I, I just love that. It, it's so subtle, but it's such a great moment of growth for him because he goes yeah. from being insecure about it to I have a brother. Yeah. You know, and I just love that. Robin, I would say I, I, I'm thinking about the more uh, funnier scenes with Thor. And I always love the relationship that he has with uh, uh, the Hulk. Uh, they're they're mm. smashing each other back and forth in the Avengers. And then, of course, in Ragnarok, when Hulk comes into the arena and Thor's like, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. know him from yeah. work. <laughs> Which I will forever be uh, angry that they showed us that moment mm. in the trailer. Because yeah. uh, yeah. that would have been such oh, a great yeah. reveal. I think prior to Endgame, my favorite Thor moment would be in next week's minutes when he confronts the Destroyer in is really confronting Loki. Uh, and and yeah. again, it, it comes down to worthiness. That's when he, you know, he proves that he has grown so much and he is worthy, you know, so. Yeah. All right. We'll have a lot more to say about that in just a moment. Do you want to wear some Marvel Movie Minute inspired clothing this new year? Or maybe you're looking for a mug with our mugs on it. Find what you're looking for at the online store. Go to truestory.fm slash Marvel Movie Minute and click on Merch. I want to talk about the plan and if this was what they had in mind all along, but... 
let's just take a moment to talk about the epicness of this shot of, you know, the destroyer's there, it's charging up the fire cannon, it's about to hit Volstag, and it, it, the camera doesn't focus on her, but out of the corner of the screen, Sif is just leaping in with her spear. What, what do y'all think of the, the way this was shot? I really like it because it, in a smart way, it uses the telephone pole to bridge the gap between the building that she's on and the destroyer, because you can see that the foot that she has out in front of her, like her lead foot changes because she uses one of the steps that this telephone pole has uh, to kind of change, like to use that as a, as a, as a, well, like a step and then gets a new momentum as, um, as she dives down on, onto the destroyer. I think it's a cool use of the telephone pole. I did not even see that. And I just backed up the, Oh, wow. I, I was like, wow, that was just a mighty leap from the rooftop. But yeah, she's, she kind of pogos off the yeah. <laughs> telephone pole. Yeah. It's super fun. It's a great, uh, this and like, I think when Volstag is thrown, great use of what I am assuming is wire work where they, you know, they have the actor suspended because I mean, it really looks like a person moving off of the roof yeah. here. And so I, I'd like to think that they have some, either. I mean, who knows? I, I would assume that they're on a wire and jumping and hitting that that step on the telephone pole and then probably landing in yeah. a pad, you know, whatever it is. But it's, it just, it's a great, great looking moment. And especially with that destroyer coming in, blocking out the sun over Volstag and then opening up its face to, to incinerate him. All of this combined. I mean, this little section right here in this minute is uh, possibly like my favorite uh, kind of sequence with the destroyer. I just, I think from this moment with her doing that uh, all the way through this moment that we have in just a moment, it's just, it's uh, just so cool. I think that all of this is really, really well done. I love how her spear just explodes out of its neck, you know, and there's like a little uh, fire uh, burst uh, as it goes down, you know, I just, it's, it is an, it's, it's a well-composed action beat. Very much so. Well, and so we talked last yesterday about the plan. Um, was this, did she kind of like assess the situation and this was her plan all along? Or was it like, you distract it, I'll figure out something? Yeah, I think she knew she needed to kind of get behind it. You know, figure out a way to, mm -hmm. to I don't know that she thought that <clears throat> the throwing Volstag was going to fail and that she would be in this position to to have to save him. But, yeah, I think her initial plan was to get behind it and have outflank it, I guess. Yeah. Take the high ground. Yeah, yeah it's a classic raptor attack right here. Uh, <laughs> they wanted the war She wanted the warriors to distract it in the front so she could uh, attack from the side. Clever girl. Right. Girl, yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. <laughs> Looks like more like a six-foot turkey to me. Oh, I know. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then when so we get this wonderful, like, it, it's such a cliche that sometimes it's overdone, but here I didn't mind it, where, like, you think that it's defeated. You know, it, it's turned off, the fire is gone, and then it basically turns itself back on, doing this whole, like, rotating itself entirely. So awesome. Which, I, I don't think it, it makes yeah. any <laughs> sense whatsoever, but I don't care, because it looks amazing. Uh, see, I, I love the lines that the Destroyer has. It Once it starts to rotate, it makes perfect sense that it can do this. It's it's the mm -hmm. perfect killing machine, because it's it's adaptable. You know, it you can't kill it. Um, it can 
just get right back up and and change its its uh direction and uh, just such a cool idea. I don't think the comics has this. Mm-hmm. I think this is new for the for the movie. I think so. And it's 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 one of my it's possibly one of my all time favorite things in the mm-hmm. MCU is just watching the destroyer mm-hmm. turn itself around. And if you if you watch it slowly, you can see like, you know, the thumb, it, it moves along kind of a track of the joints between the uh, the different panels or whatever they're called. And it like moves up a notch to go reposition itself and the fingers turn themselves around like the way yeah. that it's all designed. It, I mean, I, I think they took a lot of cues probably from the Transformers films as far as like mm-hmm. the effects way that they figured out um, how to kind of like make all of those little parts move around and everything. Uh, it, but it just, it, it's just, I don't know for me, it's stunning to watch it go through this transformation because it just feels authentic and it feels like something that it could potentially do like you were saying travis like once you see it start you're like oh yeah it absolutely makes sense yeah the way that it's designed that it can it can have that ability all that makes sense to me what i'm stuck is and i may well be missing something why <laughs> like it could just turn around the way like any person does <laughs> is it that um for some reason that if the machine is built in a way that this is easier or is that like something about the spear like that side is now damaged and so now it has to fight from this other direction i i don't know i guess in my head i felt it was like i mean i know it's not as fast but i felt it was like the terminator in terminator 2 where that liquid metal is able to reshape itself to get a better you know to adapt itself better for the fight Mm. and so in this particular case yeah it's like you know does it always need to do this i mean it's the only time it uses it but i think that it's i don't know i I find that it's just a cool technique and you know it is one of those things that if they ever did bring the destroyer back i'd love them to find more ways to to use that so that we are seeing that it is an advantageous element in its design and i I don't mean to back up at all but uh you know we talked a bit about great thor moments i think is this maybe the best sif moment here that that triumphant i've killed it and like the smirk on her face and then how you know like she's like it starts powering up again and like the she starts looking worried (laughs) and jumps off the side. I just think that's a great (laughs) bit of uh, acting from uh, uh, Jamie Alexander. And I I just wish they used Sif more, you know, I wish Sif got her own movie. Right. I I think it is the best on, I think it is the best movie Mm. Sif moment. Okay. I'm still partial to her coming in to punch Loki (laughs) again and again (laughs) and again for cutting her hair. Um, Yeah. Because she just is having so much fun with that. But yeah, that's definitely top three and I think probably the best on screen. Yeah, only she had a great turnout on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Mm. Uh, She livened up that show for a week and then had to go back off to movie land. Yep. I love the smugness on, on her face. Like, she was the one to bring down the, the destroyer and how that quickly mm-hmm. turns to, you know, oh, oh, crap. Um, Wait, <laughs> but like in, in terms of like bravery, she is Thor's equal as far as that oh, goes. You know, so. she is not she is fearless, which is mm-hmm. just awesome. It is a shame that, uh, you know, I that they just don't use her and it's it's a shame they don't develop the warriors three better we've talked about that plenty of times on the Mm -hmm. show Uh, i i i really do hope i mean sif as far as we know is the only one who's not dead i'd love to think that she does find her way into love and thunder i i do think in the hands of taika waititi and we know that 
Love and Thunder. I mean, they, they've released, released a few images, and I think they're kind of going for that 80s metal kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. The Destroyer is so metal, you know, it, it, <laughs> it will fit in perfectly in, yeah. in yeah. that vibe. So I, I, I could see Taika uh, bringing back the Destroyer. Yeah. As um, long as you drop Iron Man. Well, then again, Iron Man needs Iron Man. <laughs> Never mind. Don't take that back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's very true. Destroyer from Kiss. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I think it's very true. And I, I on my other podcast, I'm on record, I am not a fan of all of the time, space, multiverse, wibbly wobbly <laughs> stuff. But it does open up some storytelling. And I think in both Love and Thunder and in the Loki show, where we're so deep into the multiverse stuff, I think it's very possible that we're going to get like alternate versions of you know, Asgard and stuff like that. And so Jamie Alexander can come back as Thor. The Destroyer can come back. The Warriors 3 can come back with better writing. Uh, all these things are possible. Yeah. And just just to confirm, she is coming back for Love and Thunder. Oh, good. awesome. So so is Matt Damon as actor <laughs> <Nice>. Loki. Yes. <laughs> Matt Damon. Luke Hemsworth. And interestingly, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy as actor Hela. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so then we get to the part in my notes that I have written as fighty fight fight. Um, <laughs> I think there's some a couple of themes that come up during the fight that I wanted to mention, but we'd, we'd rather kind of just go through it moment by moment or just kind of talk, bounce around, talk about the things that come up during the fight. Yeah, it's just a couple of moments for me, but. So because before we were talking like last minute, there's a little bit of discussion of like, does Destroyer actually want to kill Volstag or is it just dragging this moment out? This minute, especially we see it doesn't have very good aim. And like. Granted, before it was killing frost giants when they were running in a straight line in this narrow hallway, but it, I, like I don't know if this is just a stormtrooper issue where they only have good aim when the plot wants them to, or if maybe like they're they're not supposed to be killing anyone but Thor. Um, that doesn't seem to make sense because Loki'd probably be just as happy with them dying. Is it just that we don't want characters dying is why they have bad aim, or do you think there's any story reason for it? I think that was exactly it. I don't. I don't. I don't think we can kill these particular people. Right. If it had been like the whole Einherjar guard who came down with them, then we could be wiping them out, uh, but saving this particular group. But since it's them, uh, Matt Myra from like, years ago from the the Nerdist podcast had a kind of a joke or a, a funny observation about how does the X Men character Cyclops miss when his beams come from his eyes, like? If you yeah. look at something, you, you you don't often miss when you're looking at something, you know. And, and right. so what with the, the destroyer, like I'm, I'm equating these beams as coming out of its eyes. Like, yeah. How would it miss? I I'm baffled, quite honestly. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I think because the, the I, what I think is kind of a terrible special effect. The destroyer kind of follows Sif along, lighting up the ground mm. uh, behind her. And then she sort of goes into like no clip mode. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and then just kind of launches away somehow. And does that mean the beam is pushing her or is she let, jumps out of the way just in time? And I, I don't know. It looks really weird. Yeah. If you kind of like it, drag yeah, it, your, you know, if you're, if you got this minute isolated, you can kind of drag back and forth. The, the film or the frame gets real wobbly. Like if you look at the Warriors yeah, three, like, like they get yeah. distorted. So it's just real. Mm. You think, That's what I was thinking of. No clip mode. Yeah. <laughs> like they all, they don't really seem to yeah uh, uh, be focused in very well. I don't know. They, well, they seem to be doing a, a kind of a heat 
wave. Yeah. Like since this is coming in right under the frame, essentially, it seems yeah. like that we're we're getting a heat wave. But yeah, it does look like it's blowing up the ground right behind her, and then you know it it you know it it blows the ground up and propels her, but it's it's just far enough behind her where it just throws her into the air instead of actually hitting her. Eh, yeah, it's one of those moments. There's another shot where the destroyer, it, it lets loose a, a blast and then it hits the ground right between the Warriors 3 and Sif. And then it like turns into a bomb blast. You know, it's not one continuous beam that just separates them and, and blows them apart. It's just, uh, it's just, we haven't really seen it like use its powers to, I don't know, uh, charge up the ground and then that <laughs> caused it to explode. So is there like a gas line under the screen yeah. that keeps hitting? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it, I am glad also that we brought up the shift thing because yesterday we talked about how it doesn't, it, it doesn't care about who it's fighting. It's just destroying everything. It seems to me like after Sif after Sif tries to kill it, it is now specifically targeting Sif, mm. uh, which would make sense if it has kind of a self defense mechanism of you know if someone tries to destroy you, like it, get them she's, back. She's it, the biggest threat at this point. She's done, you know done the most yeah. damage, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And talk about hero. She's literally leave, leading it away from the the three limping away. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we do see a couple times in the scene that. Something I think the MCU has established well in other things, but uh, certainly in this movie, that windows in the MCU are constructed in such a way that no matter how many times you go through them, you will never be cut by flying yeah. glass. Um, there's so many scenes where they show us like shards of glass flying everywhere and no one's hurt. Well, I mean, we'll talk yeah. about the. There's a deleted scene tomorrow that obviously, I mean, but mm-hmm. it was a deleted scene to, yeah. to your point. They, they're like, Randall oh. was like, no, 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 we've got the windows tech. We got to keep it in. Exactly. Uh, there's also a couple things we see here. We see hair affair, which mm-hmm. I, I, I that, that's the hair salon that's in town, and a lost cat poster. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot cat poster over on the telephone pole right by Thor. Yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's there again. I love being able to see more of Puente Antigua when we get new angles and everything. And I mean, when it lights up the street and blasts toward um, uh, toward Sif. You get a great shot uh, when it kind of it blasts the buildings and you can see Hera Fair, You can see the Christmas Everyday store. And you can I love that over the top of it, it says ho, ho, ho in big red letters with Christmas lights all around. And that's right next to the Huntsman. And so it's just, yeah, like there are I don't know. I, I love the design of so many of these little shops here. In, in Wait, town. was there a business called the Huntsman? Really? There, Yeah. The Huntsman is <laughs> is the one that that. Um, Volstag was carrying those oh, two guys. The, That's the rifle shop, the gun, uh, the gun shop. Yeah. The gun store. Well, it's yeah. funny because uh, Hemsworth is in Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah. I believe he <laughs> plays the Huntsman. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's funny. <laughs> um, and then we get – so uh, Isabella's diner has not done very well in this <laughs> fight. It's had a window blown out. A couple things have happened to it. But we get the scene of Volstag was knocked into it, and he started like all three yeah. of them are knocked into it. Volstag, yeah. Hogan, and Fandral all get blown right. through the window. Yeah, but but it's Volstag we see, and and you see him like it's that oh no moment where he's about to get shot, and then you know they just blow up the diner. He flies out of the diner. He's on <laughs> fire, and then he's slammed into the, the wall of a building. Um, this does not seem like a good moment for our our friend Volstag. <laughs> no, he's he's. Yeah, he gets the run through the ringer here. 
Yeah. Somebody's going to need the healing room. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have a comment on it next minute, because I'll admit, watching this, I thought he was dead. Mm. Like, to me, that's yeah. a, like, the building blew up. He was on fire. He got thrown aside. Like, And what happens I, I to the other how- two? Like, they're both yeah. in there. Why didn't they, did they get blown up? What happened? <laughs> right? And getting the reaction yeah, exactly. shot right of Volstag right before uh, the destroyer blasts kind of makes it seem like, okay, this is his death scene. Yeah. yeah, but it's a funny it one does. though. I mean, it's it, it when he spots when when the destroyer destroyer spots him uh, from the road. His point of view it makes it look like that scene from Signs when the video camera catches the alien mm. <laughs> stop and turn. Oh, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh no, Stop yeah, right. Er, yeah, it, that's funny. Yeah. That is funny. It, it's and I mean, yeah. To your point, well, one, I mean, I, we know Isabella's is on the corner, but we just saw like when they get blown through the window. Uh, it, I mean, it's it takes out like the whole, uh, I I don't know the main street facing side of all of its windows, and then when it blasts Volstag in there again, I mean, it pretty much destroys that. It takes everything out after that. Like they're all gone. Uh, so yeah, Isabella's more than uh, well. I don't know. I I shouldn't say that. All a lot of these buildings are getting pretty pummeled at this particular point. Yeah, why didn't Volstag grab a pie or something? I, mean, <laughs> I understand his character. There was <laughs> one on the counter younger. that got got jostled a little bit. Yeah, now it's cooked. You know, I, <laughs> I, I I am well known on my other podcasts for really caring about like the bureaucratic details, and and I'm watching this, and I'm once again wondering what has happened to property insurance <laughs> in the MCU mm. because like. <laughs> Do these all qualify as acts of God? Like, you know, what? Yeah, that, acts well, of thunder God. Literally, yeah. Right? Exactly. So, so someone's got to make that show at some point. Yeah, damage control was introduced <laughs> in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I, I wish they went further with that, but they didn't. But that would have been yeah. cool. True. Yeah, I mean, I've, if I'm an insurance company, I am not insuring property damage after, like, the fifth movie. Like, <laughs> we're done. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Actuarial risk's way too high. Right, right. Uh, so I think that's about all I had for this minute. Was there any other kind of cool details or questions people wanted to bring up? Um, you kind of touched on it, but the one of the last shots we get is the you know uh, Eric and Darcy and Jane all just getting a face full of glass, and that always mm. makes me cringe. Yeah. There's a lot of glass in the moment. The only other thing I wanted to bring up, and you know, Matthew, we have talked about this a lot. This the elements of the Warrior Three, the Warriors Three that get cut from the script. Luckily, because in the moment where they decide they're going to throw Volstag uh, to uh, to stop the destroyer, there is a conversation that they have uh, after Sif runs off. Fandral says, what do you think? The Svartalheim mm. twist? Kiss of the hag? Face full of boot? Volstag grins eagerly. Volstag, the flying mountain. <laughs> Hogan and Fandral groan. Fandral, not the flying mountain. It threw out my back for a year last time. <laughs> Volstag, trust me, it'll work. So... Again, another moment of Warriors 3 uh, comedy that uh, somehow we <laughs> managed to miss. That's interesting because the way that's written, that is straight out of the old Thor comics. Like, that is how they talk to each other. Right. Yeah, keep it in. And mostly, uh, <laughs> I, I'm funny. just thinking Volstag, <laughs> Volstag, Gimli would be so disappointed yeah. in you. Like, come on, <laughs> have some dignity, you know? Don't get thrown. Now I want to see them use the Svartalheim twist in another movie, though. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Uh, it could be an uh, as-if episode. Come what on, if episode? baby. <laughs> an as-if episode. That'd be 
I'd love to see that corner of the MCU. <laughs> right? I mean, well, what if you didn't actually give us what if? So we can get that's my own bitterness. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap up before I go into my own ranting. Uh, tra- or too late. Travis and Robin, um, for our listeners, what, what's one thing that um, – like, if people were just going to check out one of your things, like a particular episode, a particular show, what what would it be like? Okay, if you want to just, like, get the essence of what I do in podcasting, what should they check out? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take a 10-year career and narrow it down mm. to one hour. Have fun. <laughs> I would say check out tomorrow's minute on Marvel Movie Minute. It'll sum up exactly what I'm made of, which I'm, I, I've yet to figure out. Cool. Andy, you're hosting tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I would say look up the Real Comic Heroes episode with Andy Nelson. Uh, he joined us for uh, Punisher, the <laughs> Dolph Lundgren Punisher yes. film. So, oh uh, yes, I did. Yeah, there we go. Look up, uh, look up Andy's episode uh, for Glory of Love. It's called Glory of Love. It's in Karate Kid Minute. Uh, just look that up. That's also some good, good fun. I also had some good conversations over on the Fright Night Minute too. Yeah, that was uh, another fun. Yeah. Show you did, so. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again so much. We look forward to having you at least one more time this week. Andy, thank you as always to our fans. You make this possible. Thank you and have a great day. Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for the show. 